G'day and welcome to episode four of the Baffle Days podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Halloran. Today's episode is with Jake Bresnahan. If you don't know him and his story, hit pause and go back to episode one, where we spoke about his ascent of the Wheel of Life at the end of 2018. In this episode, we get into the juicy bits of training, how we went from sport climbing 31, 8B, to being capable of climbing the Wheel of Life, a climb that is considered to be somewhere around 35 or 36, or 9A, 9A plus in Frenchy speak. This is a huge and somewhat audacious jump, but one that he fully committed to and pulled off in style. It has inspired me more than I can articulate with my clunky mouth. Climbing the wheel was a big mental and physical shift for him, so we get into the details of those changes, how he turned himself into the best climbing version of himself and rose to a level he had not really ever dreamed he could. Jake also reveals the number one thing that improved his climbing, and guess what? You can implement it into your own training today. If you haven't already, I'd highly recommend going over to Rumbler on YouTube and checking out the video they made of Jake climbing the wheel. It's a properly good story, and if I'm honest, it may be a little teary. Anyway, there's a lot in this episode, and I think no matter where you're at in your climbing, there's something in here for you. Plenty of gold to be mined. So without banging on too much more, let's get into today's episode with Jake B. Alrighty, we are back with Jake Bresnahan. He's uh, just come back from his little pilgrimage down south to Tassie for the Christmas break and we are back doing the um, Q&A podcast with him to answer your questions about his training for the Wheel of Life and just general um, training that he's been doing. Um, so yeah, welcome back, Jake. You're the first person <laughs> back for a second episode and we're about I don't know, five recordings in, six recordings in at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, yeah, I guess we just get straight into it. So, you climbed the Wheel of Life in September down in the Grampians National Park in Hollow Mountain Cave. Do you want to just give everyone a quick little um, refresher on that route? Um, Boulder problem? Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose I'll just... What I did to before I even started it, trying it, um, I had a few few years off from climbing. Um, I was living in the CBD of Sydney. Um, there was some things I always wanted to do. Uh, that was so I took up some skydiving. Um, did that for a few years, and then um, some ultra running. So I was still going to the climbing gym, but climbing took a massive um, back seat. Um, and before that I'd climbed for 10 years or something. So I think it was just mentally, I I wanted a break and there were some things out there that I wanted to explore. And I mean, I wouldn't take back that time at all. Mm. Like I got to wingsuit out of a plane a hundred times and that's pretty, pretty amazing thing to do. And if, if you're thinking about do it, I would highly recommend it. (laughs) Um, then move up to the Blue Mountains and I was doing lots of ultra running and then just started to get psyched for climbing again. And then um, I, yeah, I was like, all right, it was time to go back down to the Grampians because I hadn't been there for seven years. And um, I'd actually planned to go down with yourself, Tom, and (laughs) you bailed. So... I chucked some boulder pads in the van and um, went down and decided to not so much try the cave as a whole, but try the sections of the cave to whip me into shape and to to help me become a better climber. Um, and dip your toe into the waters of maybe trying the full thing at some point in the future? Absolutely. Like that, I mean, it's a... I said it in the last podcast, but it's a king line and it's like, well, if you're going to spend time training hard for something, that one's pretty good and it it doesn't have too many um, kind of barriers. You don't need B-layers and you can go there by yourself. And so that first trip, uh, I think I was around like 31 level. Yep. um, So 8B kind of route climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And maybe like 
what bouldering kind of grade were you at? Um, probably. Hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, we don't have heaps of boulders up here, but uh, probably 10, yep. maybe 11 if it suited me. Yep. So it was um, definitely, yeah, I, I wasn't as good at, as I had been in yep. the past, in my kind of youth, <laughs> but uh, definitely like on the right trajectory. Yeah. And training-wise, going down there, just a couple of like boulder sessions, maybe a couple of fingerboard sessions, but pretty uh, motivated on just climbing outside and getting back in and climbing outside was enough to make me get better at that time. Yeah, so that was one of the things that kind of leads quite easily into sort of the first question is basically what a week looked like for you before you went down to that, for that first trip. Um, Basically, you know, how many times a week were you climbing or what were your goals? Did you have goals in sessions or, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, the main goals around before going down there was just ticking off the classics at the local cliffs. Yeah. Um, There'd be so many new routes that I hadn't done. Um, And from a training point of view, I think I was doing like one strength session. There's a local... um, a local Monday night kind of climbing focus strength session. So I was doing that. Um, I think that just started up. And a couple of just freestyle boulder sessions, you know, with the crew. Yeah. Um, and just getting into a little bit of more structured fingerboarding. But to be honest, it was more like if the weather was good, hit the rocks, try the project. Um, I'd probably say climbing four to five days a week yeah um but nothing like nothing out of the ordinary yeah so it was kind of just the idea of keeping it fun and easy and simple and going with the flow and prioritizing rock time over blood sweat and tears absolutely and you know that that's kind of the under one of the underlying things you know you just got to do what you're motivated and at that time it was the 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 projects outside Yeah. yeah cool uh, and so then you go down for that trip and, um, so the wheel of life being comprises of four different boulder problems in the hollow mountain cave that kind of, they, um, well, what would you like to explain yeah. kind of how, it, how it's made up? Um, yep. So there's, uh, um, the four, four problems and they're all, each of them have pretty distinct ends mm. and then, um, within those four problems, you can put them together and link, um, you know, the first two, middle two or end two, and then you get a harder bit of climbing and then you do the whole thing. It's f- horizontal the whole way um, and it's really on your body. Um, the moves as an individual level, I would say nothing's harder than V10 maybe, like in. Maybe it's even easier, yeah. but you know, you string a couple of those together, and your body starts to get tired and stuff. So, yeah. the um, the first trip was really good because it just opened up so many weaknesses in my current ability. Um, so I think I had two and a half weeks on that first trip, and I was like two days on, one day off, two days on, um, and I came back utterly broken <laughs> uh I, f- I felt so weak um i was i remember having to wear a knee brace um my shoulders felt like mashed potato and as soon as i arrived back into blackheath after driving home i um i booked in to see andrea andrea ha who's uh an exercise physiologist and um i think it was on the tuesday and then Went in super early and she helped write a bit of a kind of strength program because that initial trip, I felt good-ish for where I was at, but um, as I didn't feel really like as a, I didn't feel like a strong climber. Definitely yeah. not what I feel like today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that was just some simple, simple stuff: knee rehab and knee strengthening, like putting the knees in vulnerable positions. Um, and then, yeah, just general core stuff. Yeah. What kind of core exercises were you doing for that? (laughs) That's funny you ask that because I remember the end of the little Excel sheet that she she sent me, she's like, 
The last kind of exercise was front levers, 10, rest as desired. And for anyone that can't do front levers, like they're bloody hard and then try and do 10, it's like, well, thanks, Andrea. You just made me feel even weaker. Um, yeah, no, not, nothing crazy, just like all just the simple stuff. But it is having it on paper to tick the box yep. so you do it twice a week was the like kind of that's all i needed but um yeah and then for the knees it was probably a bit more specific kind of um uh putting the the foot on the fit ball sideways rolling in and out just mm-hmm. to be in that kind of vulnerable heel hooking position that we quite often are climbing. yeah yeah because it's quite a lot of heel hooking as you that that the wheel of life follows this kind of rib feature in a way for 20 something meters throughout and there's a lot of heel hooking um especially for your left heel as you go out there and Mm. yeah quite a lot um so those core exercises you're doing like trx kind of stuff you're kind of keeping tension doing problems on a 45 degree board or or something like that just to switch on and activate yeah yeah totally and uh, like um yeah i mentioned like kind of the front lever stuff like you know the the progression to the front lever getting a theraband out on a on a beam a little bit further out so you can actually get into the position and hold a, a front lever as opposed to always failing so mm. yeah you know just this like 10 seconds front lever but you know you've got a theraband you can adjust the intensity so easily so yeah things like that um yeah trx the, the iyts the simple things you know the the um seated row kind of um yeah yeah yep. not ro- not the rocket science thing just like some bits on paper ticking the boxes yeah yep and how often each week were you ticking through those strength exercises yep. um it'd be two to three times a week yeah yep. yep. for that that initial kind of strengthy program yeah yep. okay cool and did you feel like your fingerboarding needed or your finger strength needed to increase in that time after the first trip, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean that, that that's something that I think always needs and always can be as as a simple thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy to get finger strength envy <laughs> of all the strong people out there, and um, yeah, totally. And I, I, still to this day, like two fingerboard sessions. Uh, kind of my, I don't know if you call it bread and butter, but they're very high priority. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was definitely um, a focus. Yeah. Because I just felt holes in every aspect of my climbing. Yeah. Yep. Um, those fingerboard sessions at that time, were you... Uh, were you concentrating on trying to get strength in them and so kind of looking more towards a max hang protocol for that stuff or looking for, um, you know, more of a power endurance fingerboarding repeaters type thing? Um, more more strengthy Yeah. because uh, I think like we're lucky enough here in the Blue Mountains to we get out on rock a lot. So we're actually doing a surprisingly amount of resistancey stuff. Mm. Um but yeah, definitely more strengthy, um, and then alternating between. Uh, I think I went through like I, I try and mix it up. Like yep. still to this to this day, uh, I pick a particular protocol, and we'll go like ten to fifteen sessions of that, and then I'll mix it up. So um, create a new kind of stimulus. So maybe that's a new a new set of grips. Yep. Or go into a new protocol altogether um and then uh also for that initial kind of uh block after coming back from that first trip i was i did a variety of so one session would be um one arm hangs with assistance and then the next session would be two arm like fully loaded up Mm -hmm. yeah so just be mixing it between those two and I, i really like that like combining those two, like a, a two-arm kind of workout and a single-arm workout. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And they're 
they're both looking at max hang. Yeah, yep. So it'd be like thing. the ten second kind of or less. Yep. Not not like crazy max. Like yeah, eight to ten seconds. Loaded up. Yep. Every hang is fresh, and you hold on. Yeah, like you mean it. Not yep. just like tick tick the oh I did that rep. It's like. You know, if you need to, if I need to rest a little bit longer to make that hang a quality hang, and so I can go hard, I will go hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, as opposed to like, okay, the timer says two minutes, jump on. It's like, nah, like mentally get in that headspace because you don't do that many hangs really in the session. Um, so when I do hang, it's full gas. Yeah, make it good quality. Yeah, yep. Yep. The wheel is a lot of pumpy climbing and, and powerful climbing. Your para-endurance at that point, where did you feel that was at? Um, <laughs> pretty low, but it wasn't. I wasn't too concerned um, about that. So I think like the first thing was to repeat the actual problems comfortably mm-hmm. and then I would build on that. Um, I only really got into like hardcore power endurance mode before the last trip okay yeah yeah right yeah so i did some like four by fours but they were more strengthy based four by fours so um making the problems a bit harder a bit more rest say a minute rest and then yeah so more still more strengthy orientated yeah and so those problems are kind of maybe around like v8 kind of level yeah. 10 moves maybe yeah but like we have the gyms the walls here are pretty long yeah so um yeah they're all, all all the problems tend to be kind of long yeah yeah and then so you're doing yeah 10 maybe 15 moves on the, the big 45s here and yeah. a minute off yeah. do it again minute off yeah. And then also, like, say if you do, if you're not feeling that creative, I, I found it quite, or I find it quite helpful to, um, so if, you, if you're seeing progress on the same problems, like just throw the weight vest on mm-hmm. and then like put in a few kgs. Yeah. And then it's so easy to like up the intensity throughout each session quite easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, because not all the time, it, you know, it takes effort to, make a good boulder that's gonna work yeah so just dipping that like intensity up a little bit by the weight vest it doesn't have to be heavy like three kilos i mean that's hard enough and Mm. each of those problems were all were also um climbed like i would climb outside i find i climb inside way different or if i want to like if i climb plasticky yeah (laughs) i can float around and jump and use a lot more momentum but the way i climb outside on rock is so different and i really try and get that into my training it's probably not good for like indoor climbing but (laughs) um yeah yeah just slowing things down a little bit and owning each movement yeah yeah cool and so those sessions like your fingerboarding and your strength you're gradually increasing them and um changing the types of protocols throughout that time and you went on probably like six trips maybe over the two years of being concentrated on the wheel and it was kind of just the fingerboarding and strength that you were kind of concentrating on at that point um not exactly because um when i got back i started like doing the strength stuff that andrew set me up with um and i was a bit lost uh so like so much information out there it's it's so uh overwhelming um so i actually contacted patchy he does the puck the puck training patchy or sabiaga who trains adamondra yeah well and world cup champion yes i was like well i looked around at some of the online stuff and i was like well you know it's kind of like online dating (laughs) (laughs) you all look pretty good yeah you all swipe right um so i actually contacted him and got a three-month block from patchy um and that was interesting. Mm. It was like, well, he's world champion. He's on-sided. on-sided. 8C plus. Yep. 
and I think the first person that wants like, like five eight B pluses and um, anyway, so I, was, I did that for three months, um, and that was a volume overload. Like, but in a good way. Like, it conditioned me to where, to, so I had a good foundation. Um, it's not for everyone, and I'm not doing it at the moment, and I probably won't do it. But I learned some things from it and incorporate some things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty good, but definitely came. <laughs> It was hard, like two sessions a day, six days a week, sometimes three, moves, moves, moves. Um, and made some of the sessions, um, yeah, made you think of like, or reassess why you climb. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I got sore elbows and stuff, so I had to ease off that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's a pretty good one. Next, the injuries throughout tendonitis in your elbows that's yeah that uh yep uh weak knee yep <laughs> my left knee was pretty punished um tendonitis i still kind of battle that a bit today but i'm kind of you know that's been a year and a half two years now and uh, it's never been crippling uh but i've always like had it present mm-hmm. and i work with it um my advice for anyone is if you have sore elbows or just think you have sore elbows, go see someone straight away because self-diagnosis is, um, I don't know, not the best thing. And I, self-treatment. I'm, yeah, just go see someone that is a expert in elbows. Yeah. Um, and then like pretty sore right shoulder mm-hmm. uh, because each um, crux of the cave is... Right shoulder, so like you've got the first um, extreme cool, like it's pretty shouldery. Yeah. Um, then you've got caveman, big shoulder move. And then if you do the heel sequence at the lip, which I didn't end up doing, but it was all right shoulder. And um, yeah, each time I came back, I always had a bit of a strained right shoulder. And then the A4 and the left middle, injury. which was the big one. Yeah. Yeah. How so? You, you were doing some exercises from Andrea, like the ball tuck unders and that kind of thing for your knee. Um, yeah, elbow exercises. Was that just those kind of like hammer rollout sort of things? And yep, that. And then um, yeah, kind of. I think like from what I've been told by physios, <laughs> <laughs> um, like we. As climbers, we're actually pretty strong. So you might read something online that says, get a one kilo dumbbell and do a, do a, like a hammer lower or yep. whatever you call Yeah, so you're starting yeah. that um, that weight in a um, was it vertical position and rolling it out slowly mm-hmm. out. I'm not sure if that's like yeah. eccentric or, or whatever um, to parallel with the ground and assist it back up. Yeah, but uh, as, as climbers, we're actually pretty strong. So... Like that kind of stimulus wasn't enough to really get in there. And the weight I had to use to get was actually hurting my wrist a bit. Mm. <laughs> so uh, like jumping on a bar and really like um, just one arm bar and then twisting 90 degrees, like, um, you know, moving your whole elbow. So mm-hmm. essentially doing Rotating it. from the wrist. Yeah. Um, and then like getting into it a bit, like... Uh, locking off in that vulnerable position to kind of fire it up and aggravate it a bit, but also work it. So some things like that. And uh, that's why I kind of recommend, yeah, like getting some advice by people because I would have just done the wrist curls and I probably would still be... Battling it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And any kind of massage or anything like that as um, well, the arm aid? Yeah, arm aid, like they're they're pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Uh, probably not meant to say this, but uh, one of the physios taught me to dry needle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me a handful of dry needle. Awesome. So I was at home, like, picking it. Um, uh, I got some of those um, blood flow restriction cuffs, yep. but they're still in the box. <laughs> um, but, yeah. 140-day return policy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit like dry needling. Like, that kind of felt good, but... I think it's just another one of those, like it's a little, it's a one or two percenter on the actual main yeah. exercises. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then the shoulder rehab stuff, were you looking at obviously trying to strengthen your shoulder and well, both of them to become more resilient to those shouldery moves? What kind of stuff were you looking at? Um, mainly TRX. Yep. TRX stuff. Um, yeah, like even to this day, they're still not um, that strong and I'll, I'll, I'm always working on it. But yeah, it's mainly just like TRX, like on the knees, even one arm. Like kind, kind of, of Superman. Yeah, one arm Superman really digging into it. Uh, yeah. And the eyes wise T's that you were saying before and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. Um, just like the general shoulder strengthening yeah, stuff. Yeah, those Nothing. antagonistic yep. kind of yep. things that you keep hearing all about. Yep. And your finger, we spoke about that on the, the initial podcast, but it was basically um, you took a bit of time off and, and got it looked at properly, got a proper rehab program for it and yep and yeah and i still trained after the initial break i still trained though that's the thing like you know just in ways like worked around it so a lot of open handing stuff like i was still on the hangboard still doing the shoulder still doing the like the strengthy stuff Mm. so that's probably the main takeaway that like even if you get injured you get injured for a reason and so it it's good to make that as a positive. Like, mm-hmm. okay, why was I injured? Maybe I was doing too much volume. Maybe I was pulling on a bad hold when I was tired. Like, it's actually a really good thing. Not that I want to get injured again, <laughs> but there's some positives to take out of that. And um, yeah, I, I continued to train, but I trained around it. Yeah. Do you think you, in hindsight, can you see those? Could you see those injuries kind of coming? I was doing a lot. Yeah. 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 I was doing a lot. And, uh, yeah, you know, try a hard, crimpy, slabby project two days on the weekend. Monday morning, 6.30, you're doing like a gnarly fingerboard session. And then that evening, you're doing a limit boulder session and then your finger's sore. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty easy to look back and kind of understand why it got injured. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes you don't know where that line is not until when, you not, reach it. Not when you have a trip coming up yeah. and you want to do something bad. Yeah, yeah it's yep. it is easy to get stuck into that uh, more, more, more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout those trips, as you're going down to try the wheel, you you changed your beta a few times. How's that process of finding the beta and and um, trying to make that something that you believe in? for a red point attempt uh, that's, <laughs> i think uh like every time i went down there with my beta it wasn't what i came back with yeah so it was just the a, a pr- continued process of analyzing every bit and when i wasn't in the grampians i was looking like through old videos that I'd taken off myself or um, analyzing like other YouTube clips and stuff yep. to, um, yeah, to just work out what fitted for me and working out what, um, yeah, what what advancements like I could get out of it. just, I don't know, there's so much information off the, the cave out there, um, more and more footage and stuff um, and just kept analyzing and ways to make it easier yeah um you know into such detail is like how to have links of all the videos of the cave timings of each boulder problem so when i was doing like specific workouts i could target that time yeah so say sleepy hollow minute 10 you know if i have a circuit i would mimic the time not necessarily the uh the move the move count because of the the it's pretty hard to like if you say okay it's 30 moves like you do 30 moves in a gym so quickly but Mm. it was more really so yeah i nerded out a lot (laughs) yeah um to the other things of like specialized like toe hook training yeah um yeah and then the breathing and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so what was your toe hook training for that? Um, it was it was more more about like just like 
using tow hooks yep. as much as possible because there's a pretty um, there's two tow hooks on the the sleepy hollow section which is the second boulder and then the last one the the crux is um, kind of like a tow snatch and quite often um, when I was down there I'd do the problem and the first time I'd do it it felt so easy and then it's kind of weird to this but like tow hook power goes super quick mm. so it's kind of like a lever like you do a couple of levers and then you can't do a lever you're like what i'm weak but um yeah like just tow hooking as much as possible if it's from it's warming up if it's resting resting on tow hooks um a kettlebell lift it with your toe like uh-huh. anything possible like you know yeah, right just if you're sitting talking to your mates i'll be like just toe hooking (laughs) um but yeah just trying to use them that's the main the main thing yep yeah cool so you're breathing as well yeah it's um every every i mean like unless there's any gyms in this country or in the world which have a 35 meter horizontal roof (laughs) i know the climbing edge in hobart did but they've kind of dismantled it (laughs) but um it's pretty hard to replicate. Yeah. And so, like, I feel strong and stuff, and each trip I'd get better at climbing in that kind of horizontal world. But one of the main things after a training block was um, the adaption of my strengths and utilizing what I had. So I always found, like, when I'd go down there, like, I'd just fall off and I'd be red in the face and breathe. I wasn't able to breathe in that, like, kind of for that long yeah so it takes like 10 minutes to climb so i did um a lot of hanging upside down um so the bolo has a little two meter by one meter roof and at the end of each session or just warming up like people would often see me and i was hanging upside down like toe hooks probably just (laughs) breathing desensitizing yourself to that stimulus yeah and that that was one of the things that i always that that helped me a lot yeah and then i also have like some beams in my bedroom and so like warming up and warming down from a hangboard session you know just do some 10 minute blocks of hanging upside down and it's not that easy Mm. just hanging yeah it's kind of an odd position that you're in hey we're just not used to it no and so um yeah like i didn't want to spend the time getting used to hanging on the down there even though i did at the end of the days like i jumped into each rest as much as possible and just tried to get in and just relax and mm-hmm. be comfortable in that like aggressive knee bar or the the heel toe hook yeah and yeah 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 cool and so the number of sessions or like how how are you structuring your um, training weeks while you're training for this as well as other outside projects as well but as you're focused on the wheel how are you su- structuring sessions and, and weeks and cycles mainly um so i'd i think this is can be applicable to anything but it'll be like okay i've got a, a trip in six weeks yep cool um i'd get a scrap bit of paper and be like you know, quickly make a bit of a calendar and be like, okay, the last two weeks I want to focus on a particular thing. The first four weeks I want to focus on another particular thing. So super high level, maybe it's strength and then it's power endurance. Yep. And then, so I kind of roughly knew and, and I'd also put a bit of a taper in there because I, it, it's pretty easy to forget that. And um, you can go into that later Uh I got some good tips from Alex Barrows. Yep. So, um, but so um, I plan on a weekly basis, and um, that's usually done either on the Sunday night or the Monday morning. Week starts from Monday, um, and then say like at that time I've reduced it at the moment now, but for the cave I was doing six days so one rest day and that's mm-hmm. usually a day I go to the city for work yeah all the other days I'm training um, each um, session has a priority so for example fingerboarding is number one priority and I've got to get two of those in a week if though if life throws a curveball and I can't get the other sessions in that I'd planned 
fingerboarding is number one. I have to do it. Yeah. So that's pretty good just to re- like, oh, I'm stressed. I can't get everything in. You get the, I get the number one priorities in. I'm just using kind of like fingerboarding as yeah. an example. It, yep. it definitely would change priority throughout that six weeks or yep. the duration of the bigger block. Yeah. Um, generally though, like just kind of super high level would be two fingerboards, um, two boulder sessions. Um, Are those so- boulder sessions focused on anything in particular? Like you're doing some skill yeah. training, like your toe hooks and all that. Yeah. Are they limit um, boulders or? Yep. So, um, like, yes, there would be like limit boulders in there, and then maybe there's like six boulders um, three times. Yep. You know, it, it's that. It's about trying hard, getting creative, also having fun with your mates. Because mm-hmm. these days, I find like you can go to the the, the gym. And everyone has a stopwatch. Everyone has an agenda, and I really, I really miss those old days of just cutting going, sick on the forty-five. Oh, and it's really a shame, and I'm guilty for it myself. But I really do. So yeah, like having fun and trying to have those limit boulder sessions or strengthy boulder sessions um, with people that are stronger than you. Yeah, because it's pretty easy to get complacent, or even like people that are you could say not as strong, they ha- are stronger in different aspects. Like there could be like flexibility, it could be high feet, mm. you know, get on their problems, challenge yourself. So um, different gyms as well, it's really good. So maybe one day I'd go to the local um, Bolo or and then I'd go to Camp Street, different holds, which Camp Street's in Katoomba. Um, then probably the initial four weeks, I'd also have a power endurance just for maintenance. Yep. So, so it's not Keep lost. It ticking along in the background. Yep. And then, um, if the if it's the right time of year, that Saturday Sunday it'll be like full gas on the projects, which I think for me had had been a, a big weakness, which I needed to attack. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it, that's a mental kind of game that you're having. They're, they're projects on the cliffs. Yeah, and- yeah. Or um, translating the strength from what I have inside because mm-hmm. I, fe- I felt like I can, you know, I can keep up with the good guys. So, yeah. but my level outside was nowhere near. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a big, um, yeah, big thing. And, you know, that's a mental thing as well being, you know, sometimes inside it's pretty easy to feel like uh, you're in control of the, the boulder or the move. And we're outside. There's so many more variables that throw curveballs, and you have to. Well, for me, I, I'm still working on it, but learning to deal with not feeling in control. Yeah, it's really hard to um, to vocalize, but the, that yeah. that is definitely yeah. Yeah. Okay. So out on the cliff, when you you're going for those projects was there anything there any mental techniques you were using to try and click in to um yeah uh uh, two things which is actually something you kind of helped one day and so go climbing with people that are better than you (laughs) (laughs) um like the tap analogy i'm not sure if you remember that you told me the tap analogy you're probably just frothing. <laughs> so, like, I think that was kind of a good thing, and it's an easy, um, it's an easy thing. If you're doing lots of training, like, say, take fingerboarding for example, like you pull onto a fingerboard and you want to hold as hard as you can to get the most gains out of it. You don't want to kind of hold it as lightly as possible. Mm. You actually really want to tap in like, that super maxi kind of level. And so, I think I was taking a lot of that. What I was I was doing so much training. I was also taking that outside. So the tap analogy is like, go grab a tap and turn it on, but you turn the tap on as easily as possible. As mm, opposed, yeah, to, I remember this now. <laughs> as opposed to just like whacking it on with full gas, like yep. your full power. Like, and so I'm still learning, and it's 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 hard, and everyone should try it. Like when you climb, do each move and grab each hold with the least amount of energy 
that you need to do it. Yeah. And so you've saved it. But then also learning to go the total opposite. So if you're in a situation, you've got to the top red point crux, you have gas in the tank, own it. Mm. Like do not let the cliff push you off. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, really practice that and uh, uh, try to do that still. I, I really want to get better and better and better at that. Um, yeah. And mentally, yeah, mentally, like, I think it's pretty, I find it pretty easy to be super motivated at home. Like, you watch all this, like, YouTubes and Instagram videos. You're like, oh, I'm so psyched. I'm going to crush today. And you actually get out to the cliff, and then there's other elements that get in the way. It's hot. I feel, I don't feel that good, but. There's three people starting up the start of your project and yeah. going off onto something else and they're working it. And yeah. So like there's all those, but, and like, but just embracing that time, like, okay, I'm at the cliff. I'm going to make the most of this time and go all out, put in as much energy and effort to become better. Yeah. And that, that kind of, um, uh, leads into the other thing which um each session i'd really try and um do a lot of self-evaluation so yep. you're walking you're packing up your bag from the gym session or your hangboard session or you're walking out of the cliff i always try and think of how could how could have that been better yeah every day and I, that self-evaluation is like you know maybe maybe you felt super strong and it was really positive so pat yourself on the back but why didn't I tick the project? Yeah. Like what next time, what will make me do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's super important, I think, is to to celebrate the wins that you've had and go, cool, I, I did that section or I felt more confident on that or I, um, yeah, just, just find those little wins in each session and all that. But also, especially at the cliff or, or in um, just any session, as you say, to to evaluate and go, what what can be done different? what can be tweaked and, and changed and yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, and so leading into that final um, trip in September, power endurance was your number one priority and, and you got a little bit of a taper in there as well, you were saying. Um, so you're still doing six sessions a week um, leading up. So take us from like... Two months out. Yeah, t two months out. Um, so, let's go four weeks. Yep. <laughs> four weeks. So, I think like two months, it would have been like really strength-based, um, some weighted boulders, climbing slow um, like I would out in the rock, but just trying to get stronger. Mm -hmm. Four weeks out is like power endurance is like the priority. Um, still maintaining the other stuff. So a fingerboard session, uh, uh, snuck in like a repeater session. So just trying to get the most out of it. Probably wasn't going out and rocks, rock heaps initially. It was towards the end. Um, but it was, so kind of, I, I wanted to do three workouts of power endurance, but that energy system is brutal. So, mm. like, it was a bit too taxing. And then, so, it was compromising, like, week after week. And it wasn't actually getting the most out of it. So, two workouts of power endurance. Um, Which are those four-by-four four sessions? Four-by-fours and, and also, like, a project circuit. Yep. So, I would, that would mimic the cave as much as possible. So, from a timing point of view. Yep. And then... 10 minutes rest between goes like I wanted to feel really good and put in like as much um, effort as possible rest on the circuit upside down things like that and then increase the intensity with the weight vest yeah okay yep, yep. and were you tweaking with rest times as well or it was purely tweaking the load with a weight vest uh yeah it sometimes I would just go with the flow with the rest a bit, but it definitely like say 
you know, I'd make a rest with a knee scum and it'd be a bit of a wrestle, wouldn't be awesome. And then, you know, like some days you're feeling better, so you leave the rest quicker. And I think that's the same at the rock. Yeah. But, um, but you're going, trying to climb with the flow of my feeling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was so, and then four by fours. Um, but the main thing for me, like my power level to do the cave was actually pretty low yep. to, compared to all the other climbers that have done it um, and will do it. Yep. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I think I'd tap out maybe 12. Like it's not, V12. I think so. Yeah. Like I think if, a th- yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. So my main focus with those power endurance is those sections within the circuits are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then you're tapering into yep. that. Yeah. So, drive. I mean, like, as you say, like, I, I, I probably would have, I think I backed off, like, say the six days, it probably would have been about five days. If I wanted to climb that day or get some blood flowing, I'd, I'd do a lot of, like, they call it arcing, like 10 minutes on the wall, five minutes off. It's more just recovery. Uh, I work a lot on flexibility when I'm doing those sessions. Yeah, and and those sessions are basically you, your aim is to get maybe f- not pumped, not like pumped, five yeah. out of ten. Yeah, at uh, most, even even maybe less. Yeah, um, and then I was feeling pretty fit, so sometimes I'd chuck the ankle weights on. Yeah, make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I would continue that, and then like probably oh, last month I was kind of um, focusing on eating rabbit food a bit. So your um your diet throughout this time, you were leaning down as you came into that trip as well, into that final push. Yeah, not not a crazy amount, but just kind of not going for seconds or yeah. I cut out beer. Yep. Um, and then we like even down there when I was in the in the Grampians with my partner Caitlin, she's <laughs> she's into running and does lots of K's, so. Um, she was getting super angry with me because we our dinners were pretty pretty limited. <laughs> and she's consuming a oh, lot of Oh, she's doing like 100K. She, the most running she's ever done, like on a week to week. So she's 100K weeks like, <laughs> using a lot of energy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we're having a little Mexican salad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, nothing crazy. Just, just uh, to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a um a point where it goes into like you're not recovering from sessions, you're not performing that well, and you just kind of dip into this hole. And staying above that is um definitely pretty key. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Was there any other things like that you kind of looked at to get info on how to kind of do this? Any um, little tricks and tips that you found uh, uh, like i think i mentioned it before like analyzing videos it's a big one surround yourself with either people that have done the cave or uh, like i'm very fortunate in the like town there's yourself and ben yep. so i'd always pick like oh ben what did you do here or what do you think of this what i'm doing so kind of always having ben that Cossie. yeah having that conversation um and then i also reached out to a couple of people just i mean we live in a like a day and age where we can like i think i sent alex barrows uh instagram message yep. saying hey man like this is what i'm doing um what do you think like because he has a lot of good training in like documents and stuff mm. um so yeah and he he got back he's a th- kind of gave me confidence yep. of what i was doing and because there's so many so many resources out there with information it's easy to not um not think you're doing the right thing, but, you know, having, reaching out to people, getting some clarification. So, you know, if you've got any questions, hit me up. Like, I'm yeah. sure Tom's the same. Yeah. Um, always happy. To- it's really hard to kind of, um, all as you say, all that information out there and it's just like overwhelming I think it's to impossible. know and, it's and impossible. just kind of get... Self-doubt. Yeah, paralyzed going, oh, there's just everything and I'm not able to do all of it because everyone says do all of this but also do the least amount possible (laughs) and i think on that is like if i could do one thing 
And only one thing that would that has helped me is consistency. Yep. There's no point doing one hard week and three easy weeks. Mm. Better off to do one fingerboard a week for five years. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. consistency. And then like build it up and uh, you know, there's so if you if you're worried about which training fingerboard protocol, like there's so much information. Pick one, do it. Fifteen sessions over a short duration. Does it work? Okay, it's working. Plateau, change it. But it's consistency. Yeah, I, I think it was um, Steve Bechtel, the American um, trainer, that said you can't expect to brush the shit out of your teeth for one day and expect that it's going to be good for the rest of your life. Mm. Like you, you've got to, it's yeah. every day. Consistent. That's yep. it. Like it's not rocket science. It's consistency. Yeah. Perfect. Wise words. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so coming into that trip, you're down there, um, your first day in the cave on this trip. Were you nervous? Did you feel like you're in a space where this was the time that you could send it this trip? It was the first trip, like for the people that have been there, like you or haven't, like it, the approach is like about a kilometer, and then you walk around, and then you, like the further you walk, the more view of the cave you get, and so once you, kind of at the top of the cave, you look down and you can see the start, and it, it's a it's a hard one, and a, it's something I want to get better at, but it was actually the first time. Out of all the trips that I looked at the cave as a whole, I was like, I'm doing that. Mm, and but it not just took, its individual parts. No, nah, no. Nah, it wasn't it wasn't about the individual sections or the little sections. It was okay, well, that's where it starts and I'm gonna finish it. And I think that in itself um was the big thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It, it took a while, like uh, and I still have that challenge today with other climbs and stuff. And, um, yeah. Yeah, to not see it as that part to the crux yeah. and then the crux to the top to or of, whatever it is. It's a cliche. And like, oh, Chris Webb, uh, our interview was really cool. He talks about it and he's so right. Like, it's just believing that you can do it. Mm. But there's also like, you can't trick yourself into believing. Like, if you're not going to do it, uh, you got to know it. Yeah, and, and like I think Christian Kaur told him, like, Chris, just believe. And I think next shot he did it, like, yeah. which is awesome. And, um, yeah, it's getting to that. That was the biggest thing for me, like learning, like, that I want to get out of this process that I had is get to that um, believe moment quicker. Yeah. Believe okay. in myself as a climber. That's um, pretty deep, but it's, yeah. It, it's a definitely a tricky one, and like it's, it's a route that has aura around it as this thing, and it's difficult to believe that it's there to be done. Yeah, and for I think, you, and I think we a, can, you know, individual. You, like I had the same thing where you just sit there and go, "I'm not good enough to climb this. No way." Like my heroes have climbed this. This is a route that my heroes climb. I'm not that good. It's difficult. I think everyone kind of struggles with that yeah. in a way. It's, put um, things on pedestals. Yeah. I mean, and then suddenly we can't find the ladder to reach the pedestal because yeah, yeah. we've hidden it. Yeah. So yeah. Th that was probably the, the, the big shift mentally um, that I had and uh, yeah, need to continue to work on that and get to that stage quicker so I can do harder climbs quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than okay, I've done the work or ticked all the boxes. Like, no, I'm good enough, but I I can't fake that in some way. Yeah, yeah. it's tricky. Yeah. So this kind of leads quite well into um, one of the good sent in questions was um, what was going through your mind throughout the parts of the climb? Did you have any thoughts or um, songs? As uh, mentioned here. Yeah. Uh, I probably don't want to mention what I was listening to pre-pulling. <laughs> it's probably a bit of Eminem and Eight Mile. <laughs> but um, so you like, had one shot, yeah, one opportunity. One <laughs> well, with three taped fingers and like uh, 
the possibility of four rest days. I kind of just had had one shot yeah. to do it. Um, yeah, so like I, f- I found that every time I pulled on for a big link, like it's very it's super similar to like trail running or like a big ultra race where like you have moments and those moments can last for ten minutes, half an hour, an hour where you're just battling and everything's hard and because the cave's pretty unique it's like 10 plus minutes of climbing and so within each well within the duration i I definitely have moments of feeling tired like it just wants to kick you off and so it's embracing those moments because once you get to the rest you can recompose and you don't always get in the flow of like that you know they they talk about it Mm. um being in the moment and so yeah, like I think not just the time I did it, but all the other shots as well. Like I got to the end, like five, fell off the end five times. But every time, like you're constantly battling like positive, negative, I feel crap, I feel awesome. And then like sometimes you're in the zone. And so it's a constant battle of, embracing how you feel and accepting oh i feel crap but i'm just gonna knuckle down gonna get there and i'll come good eventually yeah and so yeah that that was kind of yeah and i think that happens on like lots of hard routes like it's it's learning to adapt the mind to how you're feeling at the time and it's like it's you're not weaker you just it's a feeling so shut it out and do the next move yeah it's not seeing that feeling as a positive or negative mm. you're just seeing it as something and and taking that and moving with it yep. it's it's not i feel crap so i'm not going to do it no because if you pull on with that you're not you're going to do it <laughs> yeah and like some some moments like it's hard to get into it, but like, you know, they, 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 the flow state or whatever where mm. you're like, you don't even remember client, like they're few and far between. And I mean, life's short. I don't have time to, I, I, I don't get in that all the time. So whatever mental state I am in, yep. you have to embrace it. So how about you've fallen off that last little boulder problem five times. You're at the rest now on the send go, not knowing that it's the send go. What are you thinking at that point? You're hanging out at the rest for the the final 10 moves or something like that. Um, I'm looking at my skin. I'm bleeding. I have three tape tips. I have the prospect of um, having quite a few days off and the trip coming to an end. I was like, in my mind, I was going to extend my trip and take a few more days off work. Um, So that was in there and that was also like, just full gas yep. like give it everything and try and see what happens yeah was that y- a, you never know and was that different to those previous goes because you had crap um, skin and and those kind of um things yeah there. sometimes i felt amazing like the shot before i stuffed the sequence and i kept it together and so yeah i mean you just got to keep as cliche as it is like i i was good enough to do it i believe and believe that well got some tape on my fingers and i'm bleeding i'm just gonna have a go and not just have a go have a crack yeah yeah properly give it some curry give it some curry and like all those times that you're sitting down the back corner before you pull on a circuit like that you've you know you pull on and you're thinking of the cave while you're training like you're on the cave you you have the opportunity to do it like put it into practice and yeah take it home yeah awesome yeah it's um it's definitely hard to find that sometimes but when you can convince yourself to just give it some and it is what it is then that's awesome how much coffee did you consume pre-send um sent in by sample coffee (laughs) to be precise it's probably 24 grams 300 mils brewed in a chemex probably of the kenyan variety consumed in a thermos over what time period probably warm-up duration which i was such a procrastinator 
about an hour and a half. <laughs> Perfect. Slow release. Yeah. Slow consumption, slow release. Mm. What's the one thing you do or piece of training equipment that you credit for making the biggest biggest positive difference to your climbing? Consistency. Consistency? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like, just keep it, keep going. Yeah. Like, yeah. and self-analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Every session, every day at the cliff, in every aspect. So, eat, the next session is better by some percent. Yeah. Yeah. And second last one, Lee Cossie. If you could tell your 16-year-old self what it was going to take to climb the wheel of life, what would you say? Good question, Lee. Um, I think there's two, there's two, like the simple thing of like, you know, that's doing like strength training. You know, there's all that. You could be focused. Like you're a 16 year old, you're frothing. You just want to climb everything. Like, I mean, I was in the Grampians when I was 16. Mm. I was on like Taiban wall and I still had those challenges and I had as much fun, I think, as I would, probably less stressful than trying to do the cave. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'd take that back, but uh, I think I touched on it before and it's getting to the state of believing quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So that, d- yeah. Y- do you think if you could do some sort of Terminator moment and you could go back in time and say that this is the information you need for two years of training and 33-year-old Jake gives it to 16-year-old Jake, do you think 18-year-old Jake could climb it at that point or that belief it's taken yeah, I, sort of I, 15 I do. years to develop? I kind of do. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I've had a wild ride during like that, the how old I am now but um yeah I think I can and I I remember pretty distinctly like I was I did the bold some of the boulders in there when I was young Mm. and Sam said you can do this man Sam Edwards yep he said you can do this like you should do it and I think at the time I was like that'd be cool but it's hard but yeah I think was it a thing at that point the was the wheel climbed at that point it was just the individual problems yeah and he he kind of um he did Mention that, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be cool," but <laughs> it, it, you know, like you get um, brainwashed into going to Patagonia and stuff. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> Damn, Lee. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think, but like, and that's yeah. I mean, it it's even harder to do a first ascent, I think, as well. Definitely. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to repeat things that are hard at the moment. I'm not trying to do first ascent, so yeah, um, which you don't even know it's possible. Yep. So at least the path is out there. Like I know other people have done certain things. So like, well, they can do it. I can do it. Yep. 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 Uh, Lucky last one. Now that you have climbed the wheel, has it given you new confidence to take into the rest of your climbing? Oh, who's that from? (laughs) Um, Yep. 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 Without a doubt. That's that belief. Yeah. No, I think uh, there's... um, So... I'm really psyched to go to the Grampians again, but tie in, type M wall this coming year, maybe next two years. Um, and I think like I've even had that feeling when I was recently in Tassie, like I tied in and I was like, you can do this. You've, you've done the cave. Mm. And I, I think just having, I was like, yeah, I don't like, <laughs> don't like saying that out loud, but you know, it it, it it does give me confidence like yeah of the ability because i know like you know that's a hard bit of climbing if i've done it once i can do that in different areas yeah of the country and the world so yeah yeah um yep i, uh, I had the same feeling after doing it i had complete disbelief that i was capable of doing it and then did it and then it was just this crazy amount of confidence that you then had in yourself to be like, climb the bloody wheel of life, man. Like, I can do anything. Yeah. And and that's, um, yeah, it's cool to take that into new stuff. And, and that process of getting through to climbing it, you've kind of got this pathway that you can take again. 
you know, tweak it so it's different and, and all that, but you, you know what it feels like to put in hard work and to push through those sessions and, you know, all, all that um, blood, sweat and tears to then tick it off and achieve that final goal and believe in the process pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much everything. Thanks heaps, Jake. Unless there's something else you want to chuck in there. Not really. I mean, uh, I think like one last thing that we didn't kind of talk about, like you can, you can have all these sessions and stuff that you want to do and these goals that you want to do. Like the the main thing is that the goal has to be your goal. Mm. Like it's not anyone else's. Like it's got to come from within you and you've got to like, I'm very fortunate. I've put steps in my lifestyle to make climbing a very high priority yeah and so when i go and have a training session i'm kind of mentally rested the training session is of really high quality my brain is fresh and i'm putting in lots of energy so like if you want to do this these things and get better making time for it in your life is a good way to make the most of the training and you know, you go out to the cliff, you've got a fresh brain, you can go full gas, you can and so that's um that's something that it the like at a high level, rather than like what protocol and stuff you're following, like you gotta be fresh mentally mm. for those sessions so you can elevate yourself. Yeah, because your brain's a muscle too. And if that's been fatigued for eight, mm. nine, ten hours at work, you can't expect mm. to go into the gym and push through because it's tuckered. Yeah, it's I mean, what... you still have those moments. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still have moments at work, say, like, got some deadlines and stuff. And, you know, you just got to use that as like, okay, I'm tired today, but I'm going to use that as a positive. I'm going to work on something that taxes my brain. It's hard, but I'm not always this mentally tired. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And, um, yeah, back on the second one. <laughs> and... uh yeah, good luck on the future projects. We'll see at the crag soon and good conditions are coming. So, Thanks, put man. the next block of training into yeah. well, that's, practice. Um, it's in full swing. So yep. I'm looking forward to uh, the Wimmera. Perfect. See you down there. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening in. I really enjoyed this one with Jake. There is some awesome info in there and I learned a lot from him, which I've taken into my own training. It's got me really, really psyched. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or people you'd like to hear from, flick a message to Baffle Days on Instagram or on our website, baffledays.com.au. Otherwise, keep spreading the love and tell your friends to come on over and listen in. Follow us on Instagram and join the family. Hit subscribe on your podcast app and leave a review and tell us what you think. I'm sorry for the delay on this one. We do want to get them out with more regularity, but life sometimes jumps in the middle of that. The next one won't be too far off. We have a few on the burners at the moment, simmering away, getting full of flavour and goodness. Keep your eyes and ears open. Thanks so much for listening in. Catch you next time.